Okay, good evening everyone. I hope you're enjoying, enjoying the service so far. Um, haven't the choir been amazing? Haven't they been fantastic? And show our appreciation to them. Uh, if you don't know me, if we haven't met yet, my name's Ian. Uh, I'm one of the elders of the church here at Hope Church. It's a real pleasure to be able to do that. And um, Yes, yeah, so I guess I'm here. I'm, I'm the one that's going to talk about what Christmas is really about, I guess. Is that, that's what I'm here for. Are you starting to get that Christmas feel yet? I mean, the, the carols really help, don't they? Get you in the mood for to starting to feel Christmassy. Have you decked the halls? You've got the tree up, the decorations. I just wanted to look at what it is really about, this Christmas. We can feel Christmassy, but let's look about what it really is about. I wanted to look at some of the readings that we've heard about tonight. Specifically wanted to look at what my friend Jeeves read from, which was Isaiah 9. By the way, didn't my son do magnificently reading? <laughs> proud, proud dad moment there. Um, but what these verses that Jeeves read from, uh, what they're doing is they're looking forward. So what Jeeves read was from Isaiah, and that was written 700 years before Jesus was born, before the birth of Christ. Isaiah was looking forward. And we all, by nature, like to look forward, don't we? We like to look forward to things. We often look to the next thing, because we know even in our good days, we have that sneaking suspicion that there are better days to come. We might be looking forward to these holidays, this Christmas season. Looking forward to spending time with friends and family. Or you might be looking forward to when Christmas is over. You might just be looking forward to having some time off. I know I'm looking forward to having some time off just to spend with my wife and my children and uh, some of the family. Um, we're, we're... My in-laws are here and I'm very much looking forward to spending time with them. I love them very much. We are always, by nature, though, looking forward. We're driven by the next thing, anticipation and expectation. Because we always think the next thing will be good, the next thing will satisfy, that next thing will fill our need. But what we often see when there's frustration, disappointment, or even anger in our lives, it comes from unmet expectations. When we see marriage difficulties, anger issues, bitterness, it all comes from a frustration of unmet expectations. I see it in myself. I get frustrated. I know it might be hard to believe, but I do get cross about things. <laughs> People that know me are laughing. When, when things don't turn out like I expect, I get cross. And we are in this crazy season right now, aren't we, for expectation. And before I go further, I just want to put it out there. I love Christmas. I love the songs. I love the decorations. I love the, the movies. I spent hours this week putting lights up so my kids would be amazed when they got in. They were fairly impressed. But... So I'm not, I'm not that Scrooge. I'm not the Christmas is a pagan holiday guy. I love Christmas. But we have everything thrown at us at this time of year, don't we? That unrealistic kind of hyper-reality of coziness, love, which promises a reality which doesn't always line up with our actual life. It's in everything we see at this time of year. 
it's on TV, it's in commercials, in those <clears throat> classic films that we're drawn to at this time of year. They all give us the impression that everything will be warm and cosy and lovely. It'll all be all right in the end. And even if there's a fight, there's a falling out, we'll all be friends in the end. Unless, of course, you watch EastEnders. <laughs> Can I just put it out there? If you're suffering with depression this Christmas, give EastEnders a miss. Because it doesn't end well. And there's not a happy ending. But we love the feel. Don't we? We love the feel of Christmas. I'm always thinking, do I feel Christmassy yet? I'm asking my kids, do you feel Christmassy yet? Are you excited? We love the feel. And we're trying to find it even earlier and earlier these days, aren't we? In the shops, as soon as Halloween is out the way, the, the Christmas stuff is there. People are putting their trees up in November. Come on, who put their tree up in November? Okay, all right, there's nobody bold enough to admit to putting their tree up. Either that or you're all very sensible. Any admissions? October! You've had it up since the previous year. <laughs> Faye, my friend Faye, has had her tree up for over a year. She loves Christmas. But what is being fed to us is a lie. What is being built up in our kids and even ourselves is an anticipation that will not necessarily be satisfied come Christmas morning. But what we see here in the prophet Isaiah is he's looking forward to a promise that doesn't disappoint us. What we see here is a promise of one who is coming into the world that will fulfill our needs, our desires, our longings, tell us what is wrong with us and what needs to happen. But the problem is, we as people, we like to reject this message. It's okay when, you know, some life improvement scheme comes along. Uh, it likes to make us feel better inside. It's something we can do ourselves or something we can earn, something we can achieve. But it's offensive when the message really is that God is coming down to heal what you cannot, to redeem what is beyond you, and to give you something that nothing else on this earth can do. Isaiah says in the first bit of the reading we heard from Jeeves, didn't he say that with enthusiasm as well? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. When it says people are walking in darkness, it's also easy to get offended if you really know what it means because it's suggesting that we can't see clearly. The Bible tells us that outside of God, the world is broken. I mean, I don't know if you've caught the news this week. You only have had to watch it for a few minutes to realize that things are pretty messy. But Isaiah is saying here that there is a hope that is coming for all unmet expectations. A hope that will give you peace, that surpasses all understanding. He says, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. A light has dawned into all our darkness. This was a message of hope when Isaiah first said it, 700 years before Christ was born. And it's a message of hope now. You might not class yourself as a believer or a Christian. You might think that God is distant and removed. Not caring for you or for the world. But this Christmas message tells us that that is far from the truth. See, what we are really celebrating, or what we should really be celebrating, is this amazing gift of God. Revealing his love 
for us through the birth of his one and only son. His one and only son, and that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, became flesh, dwelt among us, felt our pain, our suffering, our rejection, so that we can know God. We can know peace, and that we can anticipate more than just what's around the corner of life. In the verse, it says, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. The government will be on his shoulders. Jesus came to show us God's love. And this massive demonstration of his love was finally revealed when he died for us on the cross. The price of putting our world back together. The government resting on his shoulders means that even when everything is going on around us, troubles, difficulties, we can know that God is in control of all things. We can know that God is for us and not against us. One day, everything will be made new. But until then, until only if you come to Christ, you can have a peace inside that surpasses understanding, a joy that if you're dwelling in Christ should never fade. A joy that should never fade. And he will be called, it says, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The one who came down in this story, from the readings we've heard today, is God himself. God has come down to meet with you. He's come to pay the price, to die for us so that we can know God and be reconciled to him and to others. And how did he do this? Well, Isaiah tells us later on, This won't appear on the screen, but he tells us later on in the book of Isaiah in the Bible, Isaiah 53, it says, Who has believed our message, and to who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. This is talking about Jesus, again. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering, familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, Each of us have turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Isaiah talking about the crucifixion. He came to do what we could not do. He knew we could never live the perfect life. You'll never be able to earn it. If we're to believe this story... We are in a worse position than we realize, but we are also more freely forgiven, set free, given long-lasting peace, and more loved by God than we could ever imagine. Jesus came to give you life, and life in all its fullness. When Jesus was born, the, the sky shone at night as the angels sang for joy, but as he hung on the cross and died, the midday sky went dark. As he died, Jesus absorbed into himself all the sin and selfishness and soul sickness of our world. 
God has accomplished what we are powerless to accomplish. Only being in a relationship with God can your anticipation and expectations be truly satisfied. Otherwise, you're just going to keep searching and searching and searching. It's been said before that only when you come to Jesus will your searching end. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end, it says. And only Jesus will bring peace to the entire world. And only Jesus will bring peace to what goes on in your heart and in your head. Only Jesus. Maybe you think tonight, God isn't for me. Or you're not the religious type. Or you've been put off by a bad experience of church. Well, maybe you're just rejecting the wrong thing. God isn't distant, but he's come close in the person of Jesus. And this is good news. He wants a relationship with you. If you are here tonight, he wants a relationship with you. He is calling everyone into a relationship with himself. But to receive this free gift that is on offer, you have to receive it. I don't know about you, but I've received some bad gifts in my time. But this gift will not disappoint you. It's a gift, like most gifts, we can't earn. We don't deserve, but it's a gift. It's a gift we receive by trusting in Jesus. It says in the Bible, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And not just believing that he existed and is real, though he is, not just believing that he's the son of God and came to save us, though he did, or even that he died and rose again, though he did, but by putting your trust in his death on the cross to make us right with God. He's offering you a gift of new life, a new anticipation, and to come into your everyday existence and be your Lord. You might not understand everything or even have doubts but he promises to come into your life hear your prayers and give you peace in the midst of it all and if you want to you can receive that gift tonight you can speak to God and know that the the Lord who knows you and loves you will hear your prayer and know that he's listening to you so you can receive that gift and if you want to do that, you can just, I'm just going to say a prayer and you can say it after me just in the quietness of your own heart. It might be difficult in the quietness with the kids in the background, but we can, we can ignore them, that's fine. I've well practiced at that. So if you want to receive that gift, you can invite God into your life tonight. You can just say these words after me. So if, let's just bow our heads for a moment as we pray dear Lord thank you for Christmas time and all the good things you have given to me thank you for your great love in sending your son Jesus to be born into the world I'm sorry that I've turned away from you and pushed you away from your rightful place in my life thank you Jesus that you came and died so that I can be forgiven. Thank you that he rose again so that I can receive new life.
Help me to trust in Jesus and his death on the cross as the only way by which I can be right with you. Please forgive me and help me grow and learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, then I would love to speak to you, or Adam or Malcolm would love to speak to you at the end. But also, um, if that's too scary, then you can just fill in the feedback forms that Adam talked about that was on your seat as you came in, and you can just give us your details and just tick that box to let us know that you prayed that prayer. That would be really helpful to us. And also, finally, if you have questions about what we've talked about tonight, what... Any questions about Christianity or God or just life's big questions, then I want to tell you about Alpha. Alpha is a great opportunity to come along and just ask questions. It's a uh, run over 10 weeks every Wednesday from January the 23rd. You can come along, you get to meet nice people. I mean, I'll be there, but there'll be nice people there as well. And you get to have great food. We watch a video. And then you can come and ask any question you want. There's just going to be a short video video to let you know what it's about. If you've ever wondered if there's more, you're not alone in that. We all explore every day, small ways and big. We find ourselves, reinvent ourselves, define ourselves, publish our lives. We find ways to stand out and ways to blend in. We meet people that remind us of us and people that remind us of who we want to be and people that just make the journey that much more fun. We connect and share. We learn from each other and grow together. We celebrate and mourn side by side. We push our limits, challenge ourselves, fall down and get back up again. Our days are long and our nights get short. We put in the hours in the hope of building something that lasts. And at the end of the day, find joy in the fleeting things. We want to squeeze all the life out of life and hit pause on moments we wish could last. Put simply, we want to live. And along the way, discover all we can, experience more, and find out who we really are. For all our searching, it's rare to find time to think and talk about the big questions of life about faith and reason and God and meaning but exploring is good we're built for it okay so not only can you tick the box and give us your details in the um, feedback forms uh, there's a, a stand at the back by the doors as you exit uh, with some sign-up sheets. If you're interested in coming to Alpha, it'd just be helpful to know if you wanted to come so we can cater for you. Um, but I'd love to chat to you about that as well at the end. I shall be, I'll be hanging around and there'll be um, some friends as well that are happy to talk to you about that. Um, but we're just going to invite the band back up as we're going to sing our last carol. <laughs> 